That got me written about in a bunch of trade journals for financial advisors. It got me written about in a couple of best-selling books for financial advisors. My phone started ringing again all before the internet with financial advisors saying, how do I do what you did? So podcasting is the greatest networking tool ever. I've used podcasts to build relationships with people that I otherwise never could have gotten in front of, and they become some of my biggest partners, promotional referral sources, and friends. I'd be happy with 50 downloads, and that's it, because I don't care about the downloads. I care about the relationships. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou, and boy, do we have an exciting guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is one of the preeminent experts in the world of podcasting. He is the co-host of the Sharkpreneur podcast with the legendary Kevin Harrington. He is the author of a brand new best-selling book. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Seth Green. Welcome to the show, Seth. Thank you so much for having me, man. I need to have you introduce me everywhere I go. <laughs> there you go. Well, good to have you here, my friend. Really, uh, really excited to have you on the show. Seth, let me tell you a little bit about our audience. Let me tell you a little bit about why this show exists and why people tune in. And I think this is going to touch your heart. And then we're going we're gonna to use that to help you powerfully tell us your backstory, because I think everyone wants to hear this. So our audience are, to me, society's greatest heroes. These are the men and women who have the courage to dream, to go after their dream and turn it into reality by becoming entrepreneurs. Everyone that comes to listen to this show is somebody who believes in freedom. They believe in free expression. They believe in free enterprise. And they listen to this show because we're known for bringing guests on this show that are very successful, heart-driven people that love sharing how they did it with our audience because our audience takes good notes <laughs> and they buy books. So before they can really open themselves up to you and really learn from you, man, they got to get to know you. So tell us your backstory. How'd you get to become the great South Green? Sure. So I'll try and do a short version of it. So I was a college financial aid planner where um, my firm, howtofindmoneyforcollege.com forward slash training, we cut the cost of college tuition $19,077 per year per kid. And the Fortune 500 company I worked for um, a couple of decades ago when I started, their philosophy was make 300 cold calls a day, interrupt strangers, get money. This is before the internet, before social media, before email was a thing. All we had was the phone. There was no do not call list or direct mail or print advertising, which I couldn't afford when I started. So I banged my head against the wall, making 300 cold calls a day for years. Absolutely hated it. Along the way, I had the good fortune to find legendary marketing guru, Dan Kennedy. Um, I was able to convince my wife to let me borrow more than our mortgage to go work with Dan. And in two years, out of 6,700 advisors, um, I was in the top 30 nationwide, competing against guys who had been in business twice as long as I'd even been alive. 
That got me written about in a bunch of trade journals for financial advisors. It got me written about in a couple of best-selling books for financial advisors. My phone started ringing again all before the internet with financial advisors saying, how do I do what you did? And I faxed Dan and I said, what do I do? And he said, you start a marketing company and you do it for him. So 15 years ago, we started marketdominationllc.com. Started out as just me and one advisor that I was willing to let test my stuff that I had created with Dan. It worked and took off. And since then, over the last 15 years, it's been a roller coaster ride. Uh, we now have an awesome team of 46 people working with us. And I've written nine best-selling books along the way. As you mentioned, I co-host the Sharkpreneur Show with Kevin. And uh, that's the super, super, super short version of my journey. Man, that's fantastic. I absolutely love it. So you've really learned how to take advantage of podcasting to make money, right? Because a lot of people these days are getting into podcasting, right? There are over two and a half billion episodes a month published. I mean, that's insane if you think about it, right? So people are really, really keen on podcasting. Some of the biggest podcasters in the world have an audience larger than all the mainstream network's main shows. Joe Rogan has 11 and a half million listeners minimum for each and every show. And I added up all of CNN shows combined don't have an audience of 11 and a half million. You think about that. So obviously this is a thing now. People are able to reach audiences they weren't able to reach before. I've known this for a little while. I've had my podcast. You obviously know this. Tell us, man, how is it that somebody can take advantage of podcasting in order to generate money? I'm super excited to learn from you on this one. Absolutely. And I'm happy to share. And obviously, we got the offer for your listeners, um, a very special offer for them uh, to get a copy of the book, which will spell it out in more detail. There are two basic ways that you can make money with podcasting. Number one, go be a guest on other people's shows who have the audience you want to reach. Then there's the more creative version, which is host your own show like you've done. Use that to build a hyper-targeted audience of what you want to reach. And then use our six-step emotional value bomb system to turn those guests into evangelists for your brand or your business. Okay. So podcasting is the greatest networking tool ever. Um, I can build relationships with people I otherwise could never have gotten in front of. I've had some of those people that you mentioned on my show, like whether it's Shark Tank folks or whether it's John Lee Dumas, uh, who has EO Fire or somebody like that. I've used podcasts to build relationships with people that I otherwise never could have gotten in front of. And they become some of my biggest partners, promotional referral sources and friends. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing, man. I, I I wholeheartedly agree with that. You know, it's it's been a great space for me to get some people that are big names on my show. JLD's been on my show a couple times. I've had Jack Canfield from Chicken Soup for the Soul on the show. I've had Mark Victor Hansen, same, same, same. John Maxwell, you know, Marie Forleo, who's Oprah's coach. A whole bunch of really, really cool people on the show. For me, what that did is enhance my credibility, right? So before that, you know, Nikki Ballou, nice guy. Who the heck is he, right? Now, Nikki Ballou, yeah, host of the Thought Leader Revolution podcast, right? And it's cool because it built a bit of a brand for me. So I totally and wholeheartedly get that, understand that, believe in that. So share some of these steps with the folks. I think they're dying to know how they can do it. Sure. So if you are interviewing, if you are the interviewer, if you are hosting your own show, there's a number of different types of people you could try and have relationships with. So 
there's the dream 100, or we call it the dream 50 strategy, which is make a list of the top 50 people you want, let's say, to be clients of your business, clients or customers, and then interview them and use that as the way in the door in a way that is not perceived as salesy. Use that to just purely add value and start a relationship there. And then we've got, as I said, that emotional value bomb process to follow up with them to get them to come back. Because I don't want to just have you on the show. If I interview you, it's all about you and making Nikki look good, which is pretty easy to do. But that starts the relationship. What I need is I need you to want to come back and have a separate conversation about me and about what my business does and how we can work together. We call that a show me the money call because it's where we get our clients to get their relationships to turn into cat profitable part partners. So I've got to get you want to want to come back and learn about my business and then get you to hire me. So that's step one, which would be go after your clients. That's the lowest hanging fruit. I want to do more than that. I want to get leveraged. So instead of just doing one show, one episode, getting one client, I want to get in front of a center of influence who maybe can get me 10 clients, hundred clients, a thousand clients. So tomorrow I am doing a webinar which is a large part of our sales process. A large percentage of our business comes from doing webinars with promotional partners that I build relationships with on my show. And the webinar I'm doing tomorrow um, about how to triple the leads from your website, we've got over 487 people, business owners registered for that webinar. They all came because I interviewed someone on my show, followed a process, built a relationship, and he is now sending out you know, three, four email blasts to his list to get them to my webinar. Wow. So that's leveraged. So I will do a sales presentation webinar. They will learn, but at the end, there will be an offer where they will want to buy if I do it right. And instead of doing one presentation at a time for one person at a time, I'll do the same presentation all at the same time for almost 500 business owners and we'll get a whole lot of business at once. I like it. Leverage is super, super important, right? I mean, um, leveraging your time, leveraging results, you know, leveraging your message. Those are super important things to be able to generate business. Okay. I like it. Give me more. What's next? Well, you talked about leveraging your message. So I'll share with your viewers and listeners a bonus that um, we don't normally talk about on podcasts. We don't tell them how to do it until after they hire us to do all the work. But one of the ways I've gotten uh, written about in Forbes and Inc. Magazine, and I got interviewed on NBC and CBS, is I found the reporters who covered my industry. I interviewed them on my podcast, and they're like, oh my God, no one ever interviews me. I'm always on the other side of the mic. I'm always the one doing the interviewing. This is fun. Thank you so much. You know, oh no, I spent the whole time talking about myself. I'm like, that's exactly what I wanted because the reciprocity and goodwill build up. And then the next thing they say is, I didn't get to hear anything about you. Tell me about you. And then I just happened to have an answer to that question. And they say, wow, that's really cool. Can I write about you? Oh, all right. Twist my arm. <laughs> so if you want to leverage your message and get priceless free publicity and get written about in the trade journals or the publications aimed at your target market, go do some digging on Twitter, go to their websites, go find out who are the reporters are who write stories about your industry, interview them on your show. Again, if you follow the process, pretty much guaranteed, you know, 89% of the time, you'll end up with that story about you too. I like it. Brilliant. Wow. Okay. I don't need to say anything. I just got to say, okay, Seth, give me more. This is fantastic stuff. Keep going. <laughs> well, eventually you're going to have to chime in with another question, but I will tell you 
Um, one of the other things that podcasting is great for is repurposing, right? So Talk you do an interview that. on Zoom. So if you do an interview on Zoom, like we're doing right now, there's separate video and audio tracks. So the video should be your web TV show, right? That should be YouTube and all the video sharing sites. And then the audio obviously becomes your audio podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, TuneIn, Audible, everywhere. But what else you can do with that footage? Think about it. You could snip, you could clip up, you could pull clips out 10, 20, depending on how long the show is, you could find 5, 10, 20 clips out of the video. And now you got videograms, we call them, for social media. You could run ads too if they're short, 30, 60 seconds. You do the same thing on the audio side. Now you got audio ads. We have every episode transcribed. Not only do we use that to write the show notes and the promotional material around the show, but another sneaky strategy is we will take the 10 to 12 best episodes on a topic. We'll do a theme, right? A mini season. We'll do 12 episodes on one thing, interviewing 12 different people about the same concept. And then we'll take those episode transcriptions, edit them and turn them into a book. And then we publish the book and market the book. And who do you think helps us promote the heck out of that book launch to 12 people who are in it? Absolutely. That's genius. So now they've just become unpaid affiliates for my brand and my book, and they just told their entire audience to go get it. Wow. You've got like a comprehensive strategy built for how to leverage your podcast to make money. I mean, leveraging your podcast is really something smart to do. I do a lot of stuff, but I don't do all this stuff. I'm listening to this going, wow, I should do that. Yeah, I should do that. Yeah, I should do that. Yeah, I should do that. So why is it that you think people who do have podcasts don't properly leverage their podcasts? And what oh, can oh, they do a, differently? Yeah. That's a great question. So you mentioned there's 2.2 billion episodes uploaded. There's 1.9 million shows. That number is it's probably higher than that. That was last time I looked, which was a couple months ago. Of those 1.9 million shows, only 20% are active. 80% pod fade. Pod fading is I aired 10 episodes or less and stopped airing because I started a podcast for the wrong reasons. I thought I'll start a podcast. It's going to go viral. I'll be like Joe Rogan. I'll make lots of money. And they found out that in the first 10 episodes, it's a lot more work than they thought. And they didn't instantly catch fire and get a million downloads or make any money. So they stopped. And it's because they got into it for the wrong reasons. You're not going to go viral. You're not going to become the next Joe Rogan or Nikki Ballou. You have to use it as a strategic marketing mechanism to grow your business and your relationships. I don't care if I do 50 episodes, one a week, 50 a year. Uh, I mean, we air almost every other day. We, I think we air two or three times a week now. But if I did one a week, which is reasonable for most business owners, they can find 30 minutes. If I did one episode a week for 50 weeks, I don't care if the only 50 people who listen to my show are the 50 I interviewed. I'd be happy with 50 downloads and that's it because I don't care about the downloads. I care about the relationships. Those 50 people could put millions of dollars in my pocket and did last year, whether I got any downloads or not. So if you're getting into it for the vanity, if you're getting into it because you think you're going to go viral, if you're getting into it because you want downloads and you hope you're going to get 10,000, you're going to sell ads and you're getting 10,000 downloads an episode. Don't do it. Don't waste your time or money or rethink the process and go, how can this be a strategic marketing tactic that will put money in my pocket from day one without a single ad or sponsor? Because if you do it right, you should, it takes a little time to do the nurture sequence, but you should theoretically make the cash register ring on every episode. So what you're saying is, 
what you're saying is if instead of just going after a bunch of big name people, which, which we've done in a big way, I went after some people that weren't necessarily the big name people, but were potentially clients for me, that would be way smarter for me. I won't use the way smarter value judgment. Those were your words, not mine, but yes. So having JLD on your show, and he's been on mine multiple times too, so has Russell Brunson, so has a lot of people, but having him on your show is great for credibility, but he's not necessarily going to email his list unless you write him a really big check. So you will promote the heck out of it and you will look good by being on a show with him, but he's not necessarily going to ring your cash register. Nope. But a speaker, a thought leader, someone who maybe doesn't have millions of downloads, but they might have a 50,000 person email list or 5,000 person email list, they will promote the heck out of it because it means a lot more to them. Like I've got a summit that I am producing with nine speakers on Friday. And thanks to those nine speakers, we'll be in front of 100,000 of our target market, all emailing. Wow. One of them, hey, I got 4,000 dentists on my list. It's a dental summit. Perfect. Now, he's going to make the cash register ring because he's going to email his 4,000 dentists like six or seven times to get them to sign up because A, he gets a commission if they sign up and B, it makes him look good if he brings a lot of people to the speak who hear him speak. He's got a vested interest. Whereas somebody like JLD might not, it doesn't move the needle for him to email his list for every single podcast he's on. Yeah, he won't do it. He won't do it. Right. You know, you have, you know, I have a colleague who got Gary Vaynerchuk on his show and was over the moon excited. Oh my God, this is going to be amazing. It's changed the world. I said, no, you're going to have an awesome interview and you'll be able to use that as credibility in your marketing. But unless you're, you, unless you're writing Gary an $80,000 check, the only person promoting that episode is you. So it's great for vanity and it's great for credibility, but the people who are going to move the needle financially for you are people who can either hire your business for something or who can send a large amount of traffic to your business for something. So you got to think backwards and go, who do I want as a client? who has those people as their tribe and go find those micro influencers who can, you know, my kids joke that if I go, when I speak, you know, before COVID, I was speaking in person at a marketing conference, like every month I was on a plane and I walk into a hotel conference center for a marketing conference. And there will be a line of people who want to talk to me. My wife is like, Oh my God, you're like famous here. I'm like, yes, I'm famous here, but no one at Starbucks cares who I am. <laughs> you want the people who are mini famous in their niche, I did a webinar today for a group of tax resolution professionals. The guy who is the guru in that industry, nobody on the street would ever know who he is. They wouldn't know he's got a multiple seven figure business and he's famous in that niche. But if you're not in tax resolution, you've never heard of it. Those are the people you want. You know what, that's pretty brilliant. I mean, inside of the work that we do, um, we teach people about thought leadership. We help them understand what thought leadership is. We help them understand how to become a thought leader and not just bandy around the phrase, hey, I'm a thought leader, but use that in order to stand out, in order to be micro famous in their space. And that's super, super important, right? That's a phrase that Matt Johnson taught me, micro famous, which I thought was pretty brilliant. And the truth of the matter is, it's, it's something I never thought about. Like my podcast has done well for me. Don't get me wrong. I've done a lot of good things with my podcast, but these things that you're talking about, they just make good sense. And they're not that super hard to do. I mean, I can put a lot of people on my show, you know, like you, like, like other folks who 
we could do stuff with. Like, you know, I could say, hey, Seth, you know what? I've got something coming up. Could you yes. help us out? I'd be happy to share right. it and I will promote the heck out of this episode because yeah, right. it move, it matters to me. Exactly. And and then we can, you know, I can say, Seth, what can I do for you? We build, we build a relationship. There's things you, you, you end up doing for me. There's things I'll end up doing for you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I've been looking for ways to generate additional, uh, you, you know, eyeballs to who the heck we are. Because inside of our little space, yeah, people know who we are, but not enough know who we are. More people ought to know who we are. And it's it, it's one of those things that, you know, uh, I, I've been thinking through a lot. And I, I've been, I got on the pod match to go on a whole bunch of other shows because I wanted people to know who we were. And I wanted to build relationships with the hosts. I've actually been able to generate over $100,000, $125,000 in business since May just from pod match, which is fantastic. That's awesome. Right? Yeah, it's really, really great. But what you're talking about would like add rocket fuel to those efforts, man. I think I could triple that result just adding some of these things you're talking about here. That's uh, that's amazing. Absolutely. So I really appreciate you revealing all this to me and sharing this with uh, me and the audience. So um, here's my next question. Okay. So imagine people are starting to do this. Imagine that they're starting to put some attention onto what they can do around podcasting hosting their own podcasts, as well as being a guest on other people's podcasts in order to grow their, um, you know, their income in order to grow their business. Okay. So imagine though, they want to do this, but they're brand new. They don't have any credibility. They don't have a big list. They're getting started. Maybe they have some clients, they've done some coaching or whatever, but they haven't really built anything for themselves. How can that person turn this into gold? So it's funny, I get asked that if you had to start over with a hundred bucks and a laptop and know no one, you have no connections, what would you do? And my answer is always, I would start a podcast. I would pick a niche that I was in, that I was passionate about. I would go, you know, do some Google and social media research. I would find, I would start, I make a list of, let's say the top 50 micro influencers who are micro famous, as you said, in that space, I would go interview them. By the time I had done the 10th interview, I would probably have a list of what the biggest challenges and problems in the industry were and those 10 people's awesome advice on how to fix it. I would then create a product out of those 10 interviews, whether it's a short course or a membership site or a book or something. And then I would, because I just interviewed them, get them all to promote it, thus instantly giving me a reputation and credibility in that niche. And now a whole bunch of people know who I am. And now I can grow my own list off of that. And there's my business to start. Yeah, that's pretty smart. That's pretty smart. I like it. I like it. I like it. So whoever's starting off in business, a podcast can can be a great thing for them to do. I'd say start to understand a bit of a message and be clear on a problem that you solve for people as part of doing that, because it's important for you to do that. But this is really fantastic in terms of getting yourself some good market research, right? There's a lot of people out there who want to um, do business with top CEOs, right? They want to do business with top CEOs and they want to, they want to even interview them. And they even want to say things to them like, Hey, listen, you know what? I'm not going to sell you, but would you, would you allow me to interview you? I'm putting a white paper together. And then, I mean, that, that works. You get some, some level of results, but man, people love being on podcasts. I've noticed CEOs that wouldn't give you the time of day. If you've got a decent show, they want to be on your show. They want to put themselves out there. So this is pretty brilliant. This is pretty darn brilliant. Yeah, when I started, I had no listeners. When I before Kevin, when it was the direct response marketing show, um, I had no listeners. 
And because it was a podcast, you know, very few people still ask, you know, I don't know if I should do your show. How many downloads do you get? It's still not, the marketplace isn't that saturated, even with, you know, 1.9 million shows. People still aren't asking that question yet. They're not discriminating. They're just jumping at the opportunity for the media appearance. You know, when I started and had no listeners, I had Fortune 500 CEOs on my show in the first couple months. So it's possible. Yeah, it is. And, and, and you know, being on a big show uh, isn't necessarily something that's going to be super good for you. So the biggest show I was on was a show called The Order of Man. The Order of Man is the largest yep. men's podcast in the world. So Ryan Mickler's uh, become a friend of mine. He had me on the show. He's got a million downloads per episode. So, I mean, <laughs> it's huge, right? And it did something for me. People noticed me. I got a few clients out of it. Um, but I'll tell you, I, I made less money from that appearance than being on Podmatch and being on shows with not one one hundredth the number of downloads that this fellow has. So there's a lot of truth to what you're saying. I really like what you're saying. Absolutely. And some of those large shows, they may get numbers, but part of the beauty that I think of podcasts, which is kind of contrarian, is the micro niche target market, right? You being on a million show download, downloaded show is like you being on a giant radio show. And people think, oh, I'm going to be on Oprah. I'm going to make a fortune. But they're not. Um, whereas if you were on a show that had 10,000 downloads, but they were the exact right people, all of a sudden you got out of business. I mean, we have a client who's a financial advisor that specializes in working with dentists. And we now have a show. He now has a show in the dental industry. Thanks to our done for you service and is in front of over 42,000 dentists. Like that moves the needle being in front of 2 million generic consumers nationwide, even if they're men. They're not all business owners. They're not all necessarily on the show to be interested in what Nikki has to offer. But there are shows that are only about what Nikki has to offer. And those yeah. move the needle for you. Exactly. Exactly. And those are the kinds of shows I want to be on. So, you know, we, we're really interested right now in working with coaches, consultants, and experts like that. That's important to us. So, you know, this is good. I've learned a ton from this. I'm, I'm going to do some of the things you said. I'm going to take you up on your offer to get a signed copy of your book from you. Super, super excited. I'll send you a signed copy of some of the books I've written as well. So I appreciate that. The book is The Ultimate Guide to Growing Your Business with a Podcast. Um, you can get it uh, much cheaper than you can go on Amazon. I'd prefer you to go to yourdream5050, yourdream50.com forward slash ultimate dash podcast dash book. We'll put the link, I'm sure, in the show notes so it'll be easier for you to grab. But we've yep. got a special offer for your audience where uh, you pay for the book, $9.95. It's normally 15 bucks on Amazon. Um, we'll cover the shipping. The shipping is free. And you'll get a whole lot of cool bonuses that come with it as well just for following the link in Nikki's show notes. I'm looking forward to learning as much of this as I can. It's something that I'm implementing into what I do. We've been uh, teaching our clients to get on Podmatch, quite frankly, and to get guests uh, for their show, but also to go be a guest on other people's shows. I think both of those things are super, super important. And from my perspective, both of those strategies can really help you grow your business in a big and powerful way. So, um, Seth, we ask you as our guest expert to give us what we call your three top expert action steps. These are your very best pieces of advice, okay? These are the things that you know, if people follow, they're going to make their life better. They're going to make their business better. They're going to make them feel better about themselves as a human being. So what do you say? What are your top three expert action steps? 
Okay, so I'm going to go in the opposite direction and not talk about podcasting at all. Good. I'm going to say, number one, work on yourself. I have found that our business has taken geometric leaps forward, not because I came up with a new marketing idea or technique or tactic, but because I had a personal development breakthrough and my business grew to match my new container, so to speak. So I would say work on yourself first. Um, your business is a reflection of you. It will only grow to the level that your personal development can support it at. So I'd say work on yourself first. I got to come up with two others. Um, That's pretty brilliant though. If I can just say so. That's pretty darn brilliant, man. There's not a lot of people who understand how powerful that is. They think all they got to do is just work on their business, go out there, work, 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 sell, sell, sell. Where if they took some of that time and they put it on working on themselves and expanding as a human being, it would completely change their, the trajectory of their business. Absolutely. hundred percent. Got to sharpen the ax. Um, number two, I would say morning routine is really, really important. How you handle your morning sets the tone for your whole day. Um, I'm a big believer in the perfect day formula from Craig, a friend, Craig Ballantyne. Yep. Um, there are a number or the five minute miracle morning by Hal Elrod. There's a whole bunch of books now on the topic. I'm a huge believer in, um, setting up a positive pattern right from the second your eyes to open because if you win the morning, you've already won your day. Yep. And then third, I would do a night routine before bed too. Um, I, I, I had that conversation, for example, with my wife because, uh, she would get into bed and then tell me whatever she was like venting about for the day. And I would say, okay, so you're going to bed in a negative unresourceful state. You vented it. And maybe you feel better that you got it out there. And now I'm, you're passed out in two seconds because you're so tired. And I'm sitting there thinking about your negative, what, what you were upset about. Like, this is not working. Can we do the vent a couple hours earlier? And then when you get into bed, you tell me your favorite thing that happened that day and what you're really excited about, passionate about, happy about. And then we go both go to bed really happy and uplifted. Good. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like Work it. on yourself. Win your morning. Win your night. Work on yourself. Win your morning. Win your night. Okay. So, Seth, um, I know you already said it once, but let's say it again because it's bears repeating. How do people get the book? Uh, website is yourdream50.com forward slash ultimate dash podcast dash book. Okay. Very good. Very good. So, we're going to make sure that's in the show notes. Listener, Seth Green is the real deal. This is a man who thinks deeply about issues, comes up with practical solutions. He's a true thought leader. He's an expert in podcasting. He's an expert in marketing. He's an expert in understanding the power of relationships. Relationships are super critical to you growing your business. What is business after all? And I know Seth's going to agree with me. Business is about people. Business is only about people. Business is about solving problems for people and not just any old problems, but acute problems, problems that are bothering people to the very core of who they are. So a problem like my wife just left me, my husband just left me, help. I, I, I don't know if I can go on, that sort of problem. I'm 70 pounds overweight and the doctor said that if I don't drop those 70 pounds, I'm going to be dead within six months, that sort of problem. My yeah. business is cratering. I can't get enough business. I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to lose my home. You know, my, 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 my family is going to be devastated. My kids are going to have to be pulled from private school. Those types of acute problems. You need to understand that this man gets this. He understands what you need to do in order to be successful. I highly recommend you get his book.
I highly recommend that you just go find out who the heck he is. Listen to his podcast, you know, check out what he's all about and, and learn from him. He's a man who's like shared his heart here. You know what I mean? He gave you tips that normally are behind what we call the paywall, right? But he gave it away for free. He didn't expect anything. He hasn't said, ah, you got to buy my book. You gotta do this. You know, look, if you want to buy my book, I'll give it to you cheaper than you can get on Amazon. That's a nice guy. That's a good man. Take advantage of this. This is what I'm telling you. Take advantage of this. So, Seth, first of all, thanks for coming on the show, okay? Secondly, I'm looking forward to coming on your show. I know it's a couple months down the road. I'm excited to be there. And thirdly, let's definitely get me a copy of the book. I'm excited to read it. I'm looking forward to dissecting it in a big way. And listen. Absolutely. And listener, Seth Green, someone you need to get to know and understand. All of the things that he talked about are going to be in the show notes. So go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com, check out the show notes, or wherever you listen to the uh, episode, you know, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, blah, 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 all those great places that the podcast is on. Go over there and make sure you grab that. And do another favor for me. If you got value from this episode, you know what? Don't keep it to yourself. Share it with somebody. You probably have a friend out there who would love to listen to this man's message, right? You've probably even got a friend that needs to listen to this man's message. So do us all a favor and share the episode. That's the most important thing you can do for yourself and for your friend. All right. Seth, brother, thanks for being on the show. Great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. Honestly, brother, you are the best. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution, to find out more about today's guest, the one and only Seth Green. Go to the show notes at thethoughtleaderrevolution.com or wherever you happen to listen to this podcast episode. Until next time, goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice.